Hi! Welcome to the CGOB Sports Show podcast on this episode. So Patrick Laine said some stuff. What did Blake Wheeler, Paul Maurice, and Adam Lowry have to say? Well, they said basically it's not a big deal. So we'll go through all that here on the Sports Show podcast as well. We talked to Cindy Clausen, sporting legend on the upcoming Sport Leadership Conference. And ever wondered what it's like to be a hockey official? Well, I talked to one guy who's been doing it for over two decades. Hear his story on the podcast. Patrick Line talking to Finnish journalist who is basically the Patrick Line beat reporter for Finland. He's here all the time covering Patrick Line. Wrote an article. Basically, what it comes out as is the translation. He thinks he should be. Not necessarily should be playing on the top line, but if he was in a different place, he would be playing on the top line. And everyone goes nuts. Patrick Laine doesn't want to be in Winnipeg. Let's just hold on, folks. He's a guy that he's got candor. Yes, he often says stuff out loud that most people would probably just think in the polished media environment of sports in this day and age. But listening to his Jets teammates today, and to head coach Paul Maurice, they are not at all concerned with what Patrick Laine said. They don't view it as discontent. They don't view it as a desire to not play in this city. They just view it as, yeah, you wouldn't want to play on the top line. Anyone wants to play on the top line, you get more goals that way. And he scores a lot of his goals in the power play. But let's hear from Captain Blake Wheeler on what Laine said. You know, he's certainly one of our best players. Um you know, he spends a good deal of time with, uh, you know, on that top unit on the power play. You know, we're top five in the league the last couple of years in big part of because of what Patty does. Um, you know, I think he's a young kid that's certainly, you know, had, had a lot of success in three years. Um, he's definitely not doing it by himself. I can guarantee you that. And, um, you know, I, I think... That's a it's a it's a great trait to have to to want more to want more ice time more playing time, um, so you know I would say that it's those are all good things, man. You know you want you want guys that are that are hungry for more, and not content, you know, uh, with where he's at. Ultimately, Wheeler kind of feels this is a total non-issue. I'm sure there's there's parts of that that are you know not exactly how he meant it and blown out of proportion. You know, I'm, I'm sure. Just knowing Patty, it's not something he's trying to, you know, get get in get his name in the newspaper. So um, it it is what it is. It's not a big deal. We'll wake up tomorrow with new headline, headlines. I mean, I don't chalk it up to anything. I'm I'm literally going to walk out of this room and not think about it ever again. Um, you know, he's like you know I'll, I'll say it again. I think he's just in a spot right now where he's caught in limbo and probably wants more than anything to just get here and and play and be an NHL player again and you know there's probably a lot of frustration in the fact that he's not where he wants to be right now and he had lots of good things to say about Liney competing hard when he did play with Mark Shifley and himself last year whether we're at home or on the road um the matchups that that our line gets you know that it requires that you know so I think you know he was given that uh you know that opportunity and and he was certainly um you know he was certainly giving it his all I mean he's Keep in mind, he's he's a he's a twenty uh, is he twenty one. You know what I'm saying? He's 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 still a young kid, and 
still uh, still growing up on and off the ice, and I think that was just an example of getting an opportunity and being excited about it. And he doesn't need to tell Liney he's welcome here through the media. No, because I say that too. I tell him that. You know, I tell him that on the phone. I don't need to do that. You know, through you guys. Um, you know, like I said, I've I've kept in touch with them all summer. You know. Um, we were, you know, sending Snapchats the other day to each other, just stupid stuff. And so he knows he knows that, you know, through just talking to him face to face. You know, I, I I think this is just uh, something I've become accustomed to doing around here. And head coach Paul Maurice, well, he also isn't really worried about what Line said. I, I don't know the answer to that, very possibly, if he was playing somewhere else. I know here... Um, over the last two years, we've had three really, really young players. We can all do the math on that. That means two of them are going to be on one line and one's going to be on the other. Uh, and there's, and he, he would be 100% right that uh, there would be 11 other forwards. I guess if I take Wheels and Scheif out of that, there's, there's nine other forwards that wouldn't mind playing a little left wing on that line. I, I get that. And all players, fellas. I've had a version of that conversation truly with almost every other forward in our group. Hey, why don't you throw me up there left wing? I think I can score a little bit more, and uh, it's understandable. And everybody wants it, right? They want more minutes. They want to play with the team's best, for sure. And again, Maurice really doesn't think Line said anything controversial. I really don't think he said anything there that like five or six other guys haven't said. Um, there's an awful lot of analytics that would tell you that... Uh, We've got a fairly solid combination in the way we've run it. Is there going to come a time that Patty plays there? Possibly. There wouldn't necessarily be another line. There's one other line that comes to mind that has the three on the top line that has the same three hands. That, that would be unusual. Right? It wouldn't happen a lot in the league. But what Patrick uh, and Nick Ehlers and Kyle Connor and all the others are attempting to do is they just want to play more. They all just want to play more. And there's going to come a time for all three of them that will turn around and say, see, I told you, if you just play me more and I'll use my driver's license analogy, nobody gets the keys at 14. So we are in a usual group. We've got, over the last two years, a top six that has three very young players on it. And there's some balance in there. And I think Murat's here. So you can go through and do your expected goals model and take a look at the effect of the team on all the different combinations you run. And the answer to why I run them the way they do is, is in there. And we've been questioning pretty much the last year, are the pieces in the right spot? Should they break up Shifley and Wheeler? Who should Lyon be playing with? Because it hasn't really worked with Ehlers and Little. So is Lyon saying anything crazy here? Not really. And I personally think that this is just because he isn't signed yet. And once he is signed, we're going to forget about all this, and it's going to be just hockey, and everything will be okay. So just take a deep breath. It's going to be fine. All right? All right, we are joined on the line right now by Cindy Klassen, Olympic legend. Cindy, how are you tonight? Good. How are you doing? Good. I assume you're in Calgary right now? Yes, I am. Yep. And how are you enjoying life as a Calgary police officer? <laughs> it's been great. I mean, such a neat learning opportunity, a chance to be able to give back, um, to work in the community. And I just love it. I've only been on for four years so far, but uh, each day I'm learning something new. 
At what point during your speed skating career did you get the itch or did you think maybe policing is what I want to do after I'm done this? You know what? It wasn't. I mean, I wanted to be a police officer since I was a kid and then sports kind of got in the way. Um, It wasn't until after I retired and I went to an info session just because I was curious of what they do and what what life is like as a police officer. But I thought I was way too old to even apply. And um, the recruiting officer said, no, you should go for a ride along and, and check it out. And I did. And, and that was it for me. So what kind of work are you doing with the service there? So basically it's frontline patrol, um, except at the moment I'm doing a secondment. So I'm actually in a specialty unit um, doing plain clothes work, um, but mainly patrol. And that's something you have to do for the first five years before you can even move on to um, any other unit. So I imagine there's a lot of interaction with community. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, I knew that after I finished speed skating, I wanted to do something where I can make a difference because I felt like I had been given so much um, through speed skating and I felt like I had so much support from, from our whole country. And so I knew I wanted to do something where I could give back. And so policing has really allowed me that opportunity and uh, I've enjoyed every day of it. I'm curious, was there anything from speed skating that was a transferable skill to the police service? No, there's so many. Um, I mean, just dealing with adversity. um, And I mean, (laughs) another thing too is just like late nights. I mean, we have to work shift night or shift work. And so working those late nights, um, unfortunately, like with traveling and jet lag, you get so tired. And so having that experience kind of helped a bit. But I mean, just like, the grind. I mean, when you're tired and just continuing to push and keep going and giving it your best, no matter what you're facing, um, I think that was a huge transferable skill. Well, you're going to be doing some traveling coming up because you're going to be heading back to Manitoba, specifically Gimli, for the lead yeah. lead her ship conference as lead H E R ship conference coming up October fourth and fifth. Why is it important? Uh, well, first of all, explain the notion of lead her ship if you can. Yeah, well, basically, it's going to be a conference where um, people who do lead in sport, like coaches, administrators, I mean, even volunteers and community leaders, they can come together and hear from a bunch of inspirational leaders in sport, just speak about their stories and offer advice on how to lead young women and girls to stay active and involved in sport. And is that uh, an area that isn't addressed nearly enough? Well, I mean, unfortunately, like I've heard a stat that um, if a girl isn't participating in sports by the age of 10, there's only a 10% chance they'll be physically active by the time they're 25. And and that's kind of alarming to me. I mean, um, sports are awesome. It's such a great way to stay active. And there's so many um, life skills that you can learn from it. And um, especially for females, like just um, building that self-esteem and building those relationships is so good for um just like the improving like mental well well-being and uh, and things like that and so i think it's really important that the message is out there like to try to get girls to be more active in sport because i think that um i mean not only are you learning those life skills but just to be physically active and to continue with that like through life it's just so important and obviously you're not going to say that they're going to automatically become an olympic athlete like you but <laughs> 
obviously there, there's the benefits for anybody that wants to get out and be active, whether that's just something that, you know, they go for a 30-minute walk or a jog just to get the blood going, right? Yeah, exactly. And I think that if you don't learn that early on in life, like how it's, it can be fun to be physically active, I think it's a lot harder later in life to pick things up. And, and not impossible, but I think you're less likely to. And as well, just the friendships you make through sports. I mean, through speed skating and I played hockey before, like I've made friendships like that are going to last a lifetime. And I'm so grateful for those. How much is it on the parents then to get their kids involved? I mean, having that encouragement is huge. I think for me, it was a big, uh, big deal. Um, My parents were super encouraging to me and my siblings. So we were all active in sports and, um, we continue to be to this day. And uh, I think, yeah, having that support, having someone there, like being your like cheerleader, um, I think that that's huge. And so, um, yeah, I, I think I can't, uh, I can't say it enough how important it is to have your parents backing you. Now, I know you don't want to give away everything that you're going to be talking about at this upcoming conference, but can you give us at least a little overview of what your, your address is going to be about? Yeah, I mean, I think that... I mean, one of the big, big, I think the biggest things like, is what we just spoke about is just encouraging the young female athletes. I mean, I think that it can be uh, tough, especially like when you're getting to a higher level. Um, it can be discouraging, can be hard, and just encouraging them to, um, to push through, and especially through adversity, and, um, and to have fun. Because, I mean, really, sports are about having fun. And I think that if you're if you're not doing that, then it's a grind, and it's uh, it's yeah, it's just a lot tougher to uh, to stay involved. When was the last time you were in Gimli? Uh, it's been a while. <laughs> I can't even remember. Um, I know I did a, a speed skate or an inline speed skating race there when I first started speed skating, but that was a long time ago. So <laughs> I'm excited to be back, and and I just also want to say if anybody's interested in going. Um, they can just check out the Sport Manitoba website and look under events, and there'll be um, a registration tab there for the Lead Hership Conference. Early bird tickets are 50 bucks. That ends on September 20th, just so everyone knows. And general admission is 75 bucks. That includes all sessions on Friday and Saturday, October 4th and 5th, plus lunch and a continental breakfast on Saturday. Cindy, I appreciate your time. Best of luck at this event coming up and have fun. Thank you very much. I'm looking forward to it. Steinbach's Trennis Plett has been officiating hockey games for over two decades, 22 years. He's one of the longest-serving officials in this province, doing often thankless work, has a great handlebar mustache. So I thought we'd give him a call to get some insight into what it takes to be a ref in hockey in Manitoba. Trennis, thank you for joining us. When did you first don the zebra stripes? Uh, That would be a few years ago. uh, I would say uh, around when I was 27 years old. Okay. And why did you decide to give refing a shot? Uh, kind of was tired with, uh, well, I don't know if tired, but uh, I was always kind of the enforcer when I played back in the day for many years that I played. So uh, I decided it was time to pack it in for that part. And and I still had a passion for the game, so I thought I would try it from the other side. What was the highest level you played? 
I played uh, a year of junior A. That was uh, here in Steinbeck when they first started. Okay. And were there any hesitations when you decided to wear the stripes for the first time, having been on the other side? Were you ever mean to refs when you were a player? I never <laughs> never overly enjoyed the officials, no, because I usually ended up getting a few penalties in my day. Was there a pretty stiff learning curve? Um. Not really. Just, uh, you know, it was the other side. You kind of were in charge of uh, controlling it, uh, I guess, the other way. Right. What level of uh, hockey do you normally officiate? Uh, right now I've been doing a lot of junior A and uh, MM as well and uh, senior hockey in the local area. Okay. And I've done uh, some Allen Cup hockey as well. So some pretty high-level stuff. Yes. And over the course of your you know, two-plus decades, how much has your job changed and the, the hockey that you're officiating changed? I would say it's gotten faster. It's not uh, quite as physical as what it had been back in the day because uh, obviously if things were not quite as called quite as tight maybe as they are now, so that, that, I would say, has made a difference. Has the attitude towards officiating changed at all in terms of how players treat you on the ice? Uh, probably. They seem to be a little bit more respectful, a little bit more talkative, and, you know, they seem to... Uh, they know it's kind of a two-way street. You respect me, and I respect you, right? Do you keep dialogues running with players as the games go by and as you officiate teams more and more? I don't know if necessarily. I mean, you always kind of know who the guys are out there that like to cause trouble, and you pick them out pretty quick, being a former player who was aggressive and stuff like that. Right. Do you have any horror stories? <laughs> uh, horror stories. I don't know if uh, that one incident back in the day was, uh, I think it was peewee hockey. Back then, still hitting was allowed in peewee. And, uh, team from the city came out to play here in Steinbeck and they were up 4-2 and the coach called me over and said, uh, you know, if you don't start calling more penalties, we're leaving. And they scored the next goal and I think they're up 5-2 and the uh, coach said, we're done. There had been an incident right after the goal and I called the penalty and he said, no, we're, we're done, we're leaving. So they ended up leaving. That's probably what one of the worst ones. Yeah, I've asked you about player interactions. I guess coaches definitely could be pretty hard on officials too. Yeah, they can get a little excited, definitely. Uh, I haven't had too many incidents. Junior A, there, there's some that get a little excited, but they more or less keep it in line because they, again, it's a next time around, it's a respect thing, right? Right. Now, what about parents? Have you had any bad interactions or even good interactions with parents? I've had a lot of good compliments back in the day. Even now at times, uh, there's people that, you know, kind of give me the thumbs up when I see them in the crowd or whatever. But I recall one game where I was doing one and only female game I ever did was uh, about five minutes in. I parent was screaming and yelling, so decided to throw him out. 
And why is it important to keep the peace like that? I think it's for the kids too, right? You don't need to have some kids don't want their parents to be screaming and yelling and hearing them. You know, it's to them, it's somewhat embarrassing, I guess. And at least I would be if that's what my dad was doing or my mom. Right. Now, if, if a young person came up to you and said, should I become an official? What advice would you give to them? I would say yes. Be, uh, be confident in yourself. Um, if it's a player, I would say it's going to help you in the long run with the game. Just, you know, keeps shows you how to uh, be respectful to the official and, you know, kind of, you know, your rules too, so you can properly ask and not just, you know, yell from across the rink and getting yourself into trouble, right? Right. Have you ever been caught in the line of fire? With pucks, yes. What's the worst that uh, you got hit? Uh, I remember a senior game uh, that uh, kid came from behind the net and there was no pressure on him and I was standing on the hash marks and he just buried his head and unloaded a slap shot right at the side of the knee. And I thought my knee was, leg was done. Oh, God. Yeah. So what was the damage then? Actually, it wasn't. It went, uh, must have hit the funny bone or something on the side of the knee because it, it totally went numb and actually came, came back to life after I screamed and yelled for a while. Were you mad? I was. I guess upset the kid had, didn't take a look and there was no pressure on him, but yeah, it's part of the game. You you will end up in line of fire at times. Right. Just hope it doesn't get too bad. Now, what do you, obviously you're not making a, a full living as a hockey ref, so is this kind of your, your, your hobby when what's your main job? My main job, I'm a dairy farmer. Um, so that means early mornings and long days at times and so uh, yeah, it's not a not a full time job refing. How do you find the balance between the two? Uh, Got to thank my workers for letting me go early and, and people that helped me out, uh, and definitely got to thank the wife for all the years she's put up with it. <laughs> I have four boys by ourselves that play hockey, so have you ever officiated their games, or is that allowed? Um, I have always frowned on it a little bit myself. I know people have, like, as, not as a headman, um, as a linesman, I have now in the later years, I, I did my oldest son when he played MM, uh, did a odd game, but I frown upon it a little bit. Okay. How long Just do you don't get... need the headache, right? Yeah. Yeah. That could have been an interesting chat at the dinner table after, I don't know. <laughs> Uh, it is, yeah, at times. How long do you think you're going to do this? I uh, figured I would at least try now for another three years and make it 25 and body providing health, obviously. Have you ever had any serious, I know I asked you about the line of fire, but have you ever had any serious injuries that have hampered your ability to ref? Yes, I did actually. Um, that's also a few years ago in AAA Midget, I I had nowhere to go, and a kid came sliding into me, and I tore my MCL. Mm. You know, so I was out for four weeks. Okay. Uh, before I let you go, I just got to ask you: Have you ever met another Trennis in your life? 
No, I have not. What's the origin of that name? I could not really tell you. <laughs> it's just your name. <laughs> I just, it's just what mom and dad named me, and that's what it is. All right. Well, Travis, I appreciate your time today. I think refs probably don't get enough appreciation for what they do. So for 22 years, you've been doing it, and I think hockey players across the province appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. Tune in to the CGOB Sports Show weeknights from 7 to 9 with me, Christian O'Mell, or you can download the podcast on iTunes. It's actually on iTunes now. Wow. If you got an Android, then I dig you're out of luck, but Apple products, you're good. So listen to the podcast. Please subscribe. You can rate it. What's the worst that could happen?